Hi, this is Carrie Mitchum. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond with your host, Stephen Brittingham. Enjoy the show. Hi, this is Stephen. Be sure to visit Hollywood and Beyond on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for guest and show news, including exclusive photos, promos, trailers, as well as additional guest and show news. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the pages so that we can keep in touch with each other. Hollywood and Beyond, your home for meaningful interviews. Hi, this is Stephen Brittingham. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond Podcast, your home for meaningful interviews. You are moments away from my exclusive interview with Home Shopping Network host and actress, Carrie Mulatto. Some of you may not be aware that Hollywood and Beyond with Stephen Brittingham originally aired over on an online radio network, that being Clear Source Radio, back in the summer of 2016. Several of the episodes were actually broadcast live, including my interview with Carrie Mulatto. At the time, I was using my first microphone and recording software. Likewise, I was also writing film and television reviews, as well as written interviews for an online magazine titled Highlight Hollywood. After leaving Clear Source Radio, I moved the show over to the official YouTube channel. Eventually, in September of 2018, Hollywood and Beyond with Stephen Brittingham premiered on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and Podbean. Soon to follow would be iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play Music, TuneIn Radio, and Radio Public App. All past episodes were removed from the YouTube channel at that time in order to coincide with the expansion to Apple Podcasts and other listening formats. This interview is one of those oldies but goodies. This live interview with Carrie Mulatto holds up so well today. Her stories are interesting and so much fun. And the interview showcases the type of interviews I strive to offer anyone listening, meaningful interviews. Carrie and I click so well, and she is just so enjoyable to speak with. Learn more about her being a host over on Home Shopping Network. From her audition to on-air mishaps, it is all included, as is her very impressive acting career. And we also discuss her thoughts about projects that film in the state of Florida, including Bloodline. I hope you enjoy my interview with Carrie Mulatto here on Hollywood and Beyond with Stephen Brittingham. Thank you for listening. Good evening. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond. I am your host, Stephen Brittingham. Thank you for joining me tonight on this Tuesday, August 16th. Wow. Is the summer flying by or what? It's hard to believe that fall is just around the corner. I know this to be true because at the grocery store today, I saw displays out front for Halloween items. So there's a sign right there. Um, hard to believe that uh, kids are going back to school. Of course, my son will be starting next week, a little bit later than 
other kids that I know going back to school. And uh, it's just that time of year, isn't it? Anyway, thank you so much for joining. Uh, as mentioned, I'm Stephen Brittingham. I also write, and uh, I am the official film critic for HighlightHollywood.com, which is an online magazine. Uh, I have a lot of exciting interviews, the written version, coming up uh, over the next few weeks. I hope you'll be on the lookout for that, as well as some uh, new reviews as well. And as always, I thank you so much for the support. And uh, for those uh, who are new, thank you for tuning in. For those who have tuned back in, oh, I thank you so much. And for those of you that don't know, I have started a Facebook page for the show with the sole purpose of highlighting the guest for each week. So you get to see pictures, you get to uh, watch video clips. It's a way to celebrate that guest. I provide additional information. And sometimes uh, they actually do promos themselves, which I very much appreciate. Um, so let's uh, go ahead and get things started tonight because I have two special ladies on tonight at separate times. And uh, wow, it doesn't get much better than than having two such talented ladies uh, and, and let's get things started with the uh, first guest tonight. Uh, I was so excited when she agreed to be on the show. Uh, I am impressed with her energy and enthusiasm as a host uh, over on the Home Shopping Network. I'm sure many of you have uh, tuned in or maybe even bought some items through them. And sometimes she's on very early in the morning and she still has all of that uh, energy uh, on full display, which can't always be easy, as you know. In addition, though, she's a very skilled actress, an actress that I've noticed uh, has uh, undeniable screen presence. You can't take your eyes off her when you see her. So uh, I'd like to extend a greeting to the very talented Carrie Mulatto. Hello, Stephen. Thank you for having me on the show. Hi. How are you tonight? Doing well. Doing well. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining me. This is a, this is a big treat. Thank you so much. It is for me, too, actually. I love getting a chance to, to talk with others and, and get to see, you know, what questions you have for me. Because, you know, a lot of times with what we do for a living, we get so used to it, we forget that uh, people enjoy hearing about what we do. So, Absolutely. And uh, basically, with my description, with uh, you being a host over at Home Shopping Network, uh, I was going to ask you, how many years have you actually been with the network? So uh, my home shopping journey uh, started in uh, in two thousand. Well, in two thousand ten, I was officially hired. I found out about the audition at the end of two thousand nine. Um, so when they finally brought me on air was around April of two thousand ten. So it's it's been over six years. Wow, six years. And, uh, boy, you can just see your skill come through and your enthusiasm, as I mentioned before. And one of the things that I like about your uh, presentations is that um, you make the products fun. You want to find out more about them. So when you prepare to uh, talk about a product, uh, do you have to do a lot of research beforehand? Do you have to really know everything about it? Or how do you prepare to, to talk about a product live? Sure, sure. Um, so, you know, when you watch HSN, you'll notice that there's actually two different positions for a host. So there is the daytime, you know, recurring host. So they are the people who have the show. Um, maybe sometimes they have two, two hosts kind of go on together for a morning show or on Monday nights they have the Adam Freeman show, the Monday night show. 
um, those are the host hosts. So their sole job is to basically carry several hours um, and introduce us. Um, I am an on-air guest uh, host, which is a person who works directly with the vendors. So in other words, uh, you know, one of my vendors is Cuisinart, which is a company we all know uh, in the kitchen. And I will work with Cuisinart uh, with the products that are coming up for air um, to learn everything about the product. So they'll send me the product to my home. Um, I will then have meetings, usually via phone, uh, meetings to go over uh, any special, you know, intricacies about the product. And I develop what they call a demo plan, which is my plan for when we go on air, what I intend to do. That plan then gets submitted to our TV visual team who have to approve everything. And, you know, there's a, there's a, a long line of emails that actually happen before any presentation uh, goes on air. And then on the day of, um, you know, we have support, you know, all around us. I have my stylist who are my food stylists who help me, you know, make the food look good. Uh-huh. Um, Television is a very hard medium to to make sure that food looks as it should. Sure. Um, <laughs> with all the lights and everything going on. So uh, I'm very uh, grateful for my food stylist uh, that helped me so much. And, you know, it takes a village. And then, you know, once we go on air, it's live. There's no... Going back, there's no, uh, oops, we made a mistake, let's just do that again. Um, you know, that's why it can be so fun to watch the network because, you know, the host and I, we, we talk for a couple minutes before I, we go on. And, you know, they have, you know, again, they, they're on air for like two or three hours, so they probably have eight to 15 products that they're going to be showing off in that time. It's impossible for them to know all the really, really specific details about each product like we do. So I know my products 100%. They come on to kind of have us demonstrate and show the product, and um, and that's basically how it works. So every airing really has a lot of a lot of backstory to it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. And like you said, it takes yeah. teamwork to get the job done, doesn't it? Absolutely, yes. And uh, have you had, I assume you have, uh, although I haven't seen it, what about uh, on-air mishaps? Because you mentioned that, hey, you got to keep going. So have you had your share as well? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, ideally, I mean, looking at some of my my coworkers, um, I have had very minimal situations, but uh, knock on wood over here, but I'm on air tomorrow, so that could (laughs) be careful what you say. Um, but yeah, I've had, you know, the blenders that, you know, didn't blend or, um, you know, one time I had a cotton candy maker that literally we had it running too long because the host oh. was an intro, you know, before we, we go on and yeah. as the host is doing the intro, it starts smoking like the, the end, the, it just blew up basically. It, it oh, was no. turning too long and I didn't get to the fast enough and it like blew up. And so, um, it was smoking and I had to turn it off very you know, just kind of walk over and just hit the button like nothing had happened. Uh, <laughs> I've for drinks, not realizing, you know, I blended. And, you know, it happens to all of us. You know, if sometimes there's that little piece at the bottom that just didn't get blended all the way. So it's a big iceberg of, a, of, of ice. And, uh, you know, not looking what I'm doing. And I poured it in a glass and the drink went everywhere. Um, and you just, you do, you keep going because you, there, again, there are no stops. It's live television. Um and I, you know, I don't, 
I don't know how there's not more um, uh-huh. situations, actually, um, considering how fast tables are moving and people are moving and, you know, you're going through with a culinary product, like a kitchen product. I mean, how many times just us at home, you know, when we get something new, you know, we have issues that happen or a little mishap. So uh, I think the the minimum at which it does happen is actually surprising. But my I think my worst one was probably I was uh, doing Soda Stream um, from, like, 2012 and 2013, it was like really just everybody wanted Soda Stream, and we were airing it all the time. And um, we were on the Adam for, uh, the, the Adam show, the, the Monday Night Show, and uh, for literally over two years, I had never had anything go wrong with the Soda Stream. And you know what you're doing with the Soda Stream is you are carbonating water, and then you're adding syrup, which has sugar in it, and sugar and CO2 they made explosion. <laughs> so uh, for years, I was totally fine because I have to do this very fast because of an air and yes. I would always close it and then they, they do what's called burping it, which is you just turn the top really quick and it uh-huh. kind of, you know, makes that little noise. And it helps release some of the air so that you can open it fully. And um, like usual, I was making my soda and I had the bottle tilted just right. I had just carbonated it. I was adding the syrup. And it just, and the host said it, it went off like the fountains at the Bellagio. And oh in the middle of a live presentation in prime time, there was just so that everywhere. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, he laughed, I laughed, we kept laughing, but um, I took a moment and I just, I kept going. I went to the next machine and we kept going. You have to. There you go. And probably a little bit awkward. Uh, to say, well, <laughs> please uh, call the number and order the item that we just showed you. I know. <laughs> well, what I did say is, well, obviously, I'm making this very quickly, and you would just rest a moment, you know, before attempting what I just did. And, um, you know, I always use it as, <laughs> as a teaching moment if I can. Sure, sure. And, and, and you know what, Carrie? Um, like you said, this is live television that you're doing, right? Uh, so there is certain risks, uh, that, that go along with that. Um, preparation is obviously very key, very important. Um, but you know what? Uh, just like on theater, when uh, there is a mishap, and boy, you, those are some big mishaps that you have to deal with, a smoking uh, machine and whatnot. But you know what it makes me think of and what I've told myself in similar situations, uh, like what I'm doing this radio show, is I think back to David Niven, the late David Niven, hosting the Oscars, and the streaker ran across on live television. And his response was, ladies and gentlemen, that was almost bound to happen. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, he handled it in such a classy way. But you know what? That's the way to handle it. You just have to keep going, don't you? Absolutely. Well, you know, and I think it's the thing that makes us endearing to people is the it's it's an authentic moment. It's an organic moment. Um, you know, always uh, since I've been on the network, the biggest thing for me is, A, I want to represent products that I absolutely believe in. Um, but, B, I also want to be a real person. And so when I have the clients, the vendors send me the product, I always ask them to send it to me exactly how they would receive it if they ordered it off mm-hmm. of HSN. So yeah. I want to feel the exact feeling that the customer is going to feel when they get it home. I want to have the same, uh, you know, just ideas about it. And, and that's how I put my presentation together is based on how I feel when I open it. 
how I use it for the first time. Um, I'm very, very keen on making sure that it is real. You know, I'm not, mm-hmm. I don't want to be just a salesperson that's just trying to push something on you you don't need. I really want to make sure that I believe in what I have and that I'm giving you all the real reasons why it's going to help you. So I think that's all part of it. And that's one of the reasons why you're so good at it, because uh, you're sincere. Yeah. I try. <laughs> <laughs> I try. Well, let me ask you, Carrie. Uh, uh, well, you know, on the back end, you know, it is a big network and it is sales oriented, and you know, yes. it's, it's you know, you have to keep in mind that there's always expectations. Sure. And I never one thing that you know people may or may not realize is um, they do have an expectation for every time you air about how much you're supposed to sell. I see. Um, that's anything, right? In life, sure. so car salesmen have this. You know, uh, people at you know. Uh, the department store have them. Oh, um, sure. You know, but in my business, I never look at the number before I go out. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people will say, how many do I have to sell? Like, you know, we, we have what we call a sales manager, and they, they tell us. And I never look um, before I go out because I feel like it would make me, uh, it would put my mind in the wrong place um, as opposed to just concentrating on the product and all the, you know, features, advantages, benefits, and all that. It would have me focus on just what I need to sell. And if I felt like, we weren't selling enough, I would start to panic or it would affect my presentation or, you know, any of those things. So I never, ever look at how many until after. Wow. I so like that approach. Cool. Yeah. And and that that's uh, probably personally challenging for you, too. Like, hey, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to get the job done, do the do the very best I can. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's me every time. I mean, yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm yes. a very type A personality, um, <laughs> so I never want to do poorly. You know, I always want to sure. excel with with anything that I do. Um, I've been that way since a kid, so I kind of just uh, was always there. <laughs> and um, you know, so that I do. You know, and sometimes yeah, I'll come off there and be like, that was awesome, we did great. And then I go to find out, well, how many did we need to do? And and then it's like half of what I did, or, or I mean, double what what I what I did, you know. So sure. I felt really good, and then it was like, oh, it wasn't enough. Oh shoot, well that's it. <laughs> well, you, but, know, you know, that happens. Yeah. And so let me ask you, uh, uh, despite your your best preparation, like like you're mentioning, uh, you know, what about? Those off days, you know, we all have them no matter what job we do or we're, we're trying our best. But you know what? Maybe we felt afterwards like, man, I just I, I could have taken a different approach or I, I didn't get across what I wanted to say. Uh, do you does that happen to you? And if so, uh, how do you uh, kind of deal with that moment? It absolutely happens again because it's live television, you know, different um, things that are happening in your life, whether or not you got enough sleep the night before. Sometimes I, you know, I travel a lot. I know you've been looking up a lot about me and, you know, I'll travel from different seas and sometimes I'm in the car for a long time or, yes. you know, and those things can certainly affect, you, you know, your performance and, and how you are. I mean, there's times I've been on air and I go to say a word and I can't get the word out. Like, I know what I'm trying to say and the host will help me. So then I'll be looking at them and I'm like, what am I trying to say? And then they, <laughs> they will help me. <laughs> Um, so there's certainly off days, um, you know, uh, because it's a national network and, you know, there's sometimes there's very high expectations because it's a holiday. They just sure. more off, you know, and like we should do better. Um, and, and sometimes it has nothing to do with you or your, your, um, you know, preparation. And it's, you know, I, I prepare 
so well every time. And I know my products like the back of my hand, but that doesn't mean that every time is going to be success. And I think the thing that you learn, you know, being in a sales type environment is the only thing you have control over is your preparation. Um, and then, you know, you're waiting for the opportunity. And with the opportunity and your preparation, it should equal success. But sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes it's just the stars didn't align that day. And, sure. you know, I take it too personally. I always watch back my airings. I always watch back everything I've done to make sure that I didn't drop any balls. You know, so, like, I want to make sure I did everything I could have possibly done to set that up for success. Um, and if I feel like at the end, no, man, I, I said everything I could have said. I had the right energy and the demonstrate, you know, the dem- demonstrations were great and everything was there. Um, then, you know, you have to write it off. And, and for a personality type like mine, that's hard to do, um, because, you know, you just, you think, well, I did everything I was supposed to do. It should have been successful. <laughs> so it's <laughs> nothing should have gone wrong. Yeah, uh, it's been a learned behavior to kind of just, you know, go with it and understand that you can't win every day. So, sure. so the days we do really well and we exceed expectations and, you know, people are just loving what we have and, and, and uh, you know, you exceed, those are the days I kind of treasure. I mean, I, I've been known, there's, uh, it happened a few weeks back, I had a great day and uh, I exceeded what they, you know, need for us to do. And I said, let me just sit here for a minute because, you know, this might not happen again for a week or two <laughs> or something. Let me just take that in. And um, so you got to take your successes when they come sure. and really, um, you know, just keep keep doing the same work, though. You know, I, I still prepare right. the same. I still do the same job every single time. And um, granted, like I said before, yeah, some days I look back on that presentation I did and realize, oh, I didn't say that or why did I forget to, you know, show that or uh, I'll realize there's little deficiencies that I had, but we are human and it is live and you do forget things occasionally and it's okay, you know, so you just make sure you fix it for the next time. That's right. Uh, Being human is okay, even on live television. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) And I was wondering, um, your background as an actress, obviously that's got to come in handy when you're uh, presenting on live television. Yeah, I uh, I would say most definitely it has to do with being able to improv. Um, and you know, I didn't do heavy improv training per se, as as some actors have. But I, you know, growing up, I was involved in um, you know student council, and I was you know a class officer. And my you know in my middle school, high school years, I um, any type of you know, getting up and talking to people type things I was always part of. And um, I never really had a fear about speaking in front of people. So I, you know, I kind of go with it. <laughs> I, go, <laughs> I, I have that skill set kind of innately. Um, you know, but definitely, you know, the ability to take anything that's in front of you and make it interesting or be able to talk about it and, you know, not be beautiful. I think I guess that's what, you know, most people are afraid of uh, in, in that sort of situation, you know, the idea of getting up and talking to people. And for us, the good part is, though, that uh, there's not really many people in the studio when we air. Uh, it's more, there's like four cameras. So you've got these, you know, big cameras, one, two, three, four, you know, going across, and uh, the lights are on, you know, so it's, you know, boom, there goes the lights. And um, you have that earpiece in uh, so that the producer can talk to you. Um, so in my left ear, I have a producer, you know, saying, Hey, hold that shot or, 
you know, carry, carry one, meaning carry the camera one, you know, and you've got to be able to move where the cameras are moving. And that's kind of mm-hmm. what trips up most people who may be new to the network or to that job. A lot of times people, the owners of the companies will come in, you know, to speak about their products. Sure. And, uh, you know, that's a hoop to get over uh, when you have never done anything like that before. For me, being an actor, I'm not scared in front of a camera. I'm used to a camera being in my face. And so that is, you know, something that you develop as an actor, I think, that helps you. Um, and also knowing that, you know, when you're filming a scene, there's an entire crew of people walking around behind the camera and doing their job. So yes. you have to be able to still be 100% in what you're doing and not being like, there goes, you know, Chad walking by in the background eating a sandwich and, you know, Mary's over here just, you know, opened a Coke and, you know, like all this stuff is <laughs> happening all around you. You can't be distracted by that. Um, so I do think that's where being an actor and, and, and that sort of on-camera training definitely helps. Sure, sure. And you do an outstanding job too, Carrie. You really do. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. Well, I'm wondering... Um, your audition process for uh, this position at Home Shopping Network, uh, was it lengthy or was it, uh, you know, uh, uh, you went in, you auditioned and got it or, or was there a lot more to it, like a process? I have a funny story for that, actually. Um, I So, okay, so going backwards in time, um, you know, I worked for a very long period of time as a sales manager. Um, I worked for seven years for what, what used to be called Auto Trader, um, or Auto Trader Publishing, um, which is now autotrader.com. Um, but I worked there, you know, right as dot com was kind of starting. It wasn't really a big portion of the company at that time. And I also sold timeshares for four years where I managed a team of people. Um, so I had about a team of 10. And, um, so I have a lot of sales history and, um, when AutoTrader, it was in uh, 2009 that they closed their print division. And um, I had to help close down two offices. We had our Broward County office and our Palm Beach County office. I was living in South Florida at the time. And um, it was really sad. I had to kind of lay off my friends <laughs> and kind of <laughs> let them know we're sorry. Like, you know, and, and it, was, it was a tough time, you know, going through all that. But up until that point, for years, I had been working in sales. And I, I wasn't acting. I wasn't, you know, I kind of laid all that down. And um, when they said that they were closing the offices, you know, I, I got very um, contemplative, I guess, and just, you know, realized that I really missed acting and I wanted to go back. And so in 2009, um, I went to L.A. and I attended uh, Marky Costello's uh, hosting class. She's out in Los Angeles. And uh, if you remember, like, Abbott and Costello, so, so she, that she's a granddaughter of Lou Costello. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah, so it was pretty exciting for me, and that was my first time in L.A., and I said, I want to go get some training as a host, because at that time I had some local uh, community-type shows, but I, you know, I wanted to do more. So when I went out there to train, you know, I met a girl who worked at a, a jewelry network, so it was, I think it was direct jewelry network or something, and um, they were out of L.A., and one day during lunch, as we were talking, she said, you know, you'd be great in home shopping, and I said, oh, I said, yeah, you know, my mom used to watch Home Shopping Network when I was, like, in middle school, and I remember her buying stuff, you know, off the network, and 
I said, oh, I never really thought about doing that. And she's like, yeah, well, you have all that sales, you know, ability and everything. You have a great personality. She's like, I think he'd be great for that. So, and she says, you should come work for us. So the idea first was for me to go to LA and to work with her there. Well, it didn't, it didn't work out. Like it didn't stand out. And, um, but I, I started kind of looking into that type of work. So I um, auditioned for QVC, actually. Um, the uh, uh, person who does all the auditioning came down to Miami. And when I went in, I didn't know what product to sell, and um, it kind of overwhelmed me, the thought of, like, what, what do I talk about? And so I bought my iPhone, because that was just what I had in my hand. Uh-huh. And um, at the end, he said, you know, he goes, um, not bad. He's, you know, you're a little aggressive. He's like, you need to kind of, you know, get a better technique. And I listened very carefully to everything he said. Okay. And he left. And not long after that, I started working for a company who does, um, they actually uh, get all the work. So if you ever go to like a, a trade show or an event, uh-huh. um, they're the ones that hire the girls or the guys that are there helping do the promotions or yes. uh, show off the products, like when you go to the mall or something. Sure. And that's how SodaStream started for me. So I started doing SodaStream at Bloomingdale's in Boca Raton. I would set up my table. I'd bring my little cooler. Uh, wow. <laughs> and if you were walking by, I would say, would you like to try soda? <laughs> and th- yeah, this is for me to learn how to uh, approach people in-, in a way that I could quickly tell them what I had, but to also try to hone not being aggressive or not sure. being, like, to really be able to talk to people. And I did that for a while, and right long, not long after that, I started also doing um, promotions for Nespresso. Um, so I started working with their vice president of uh, special events out of New York, and we were working at the Polo Club in Wellington, Florida, and I got to do some really cool events down in Miami. But again, just working on talking to people very quickly about the product and uh, working in that element. Um, I kept looking at the HSN page because if you go to the HSN.com and you scroll to the bottom, it'll say career, there's an area for career, become a host. And in there, it tells you you have to submit a five-minute video of you selling a product. And it felt so overwhelming to me because at the time, I didn't have a good camera. I, you know, I'm probably going to have to have lights. Like, what am I going to sell? Like, I was, I, I was getting overwhelmed with the idea, and I would keep looking at the page, but I would keep closing it until... One night, I was looking at it again, and I, I'm thinking to myself, I have to get on this. And I just minimized the page. And, you know, my husband said, okay, let's go to bed. Okay. He got up to go for work, and, and he left. And my friend, my very close friend, uh, you know, writes me and says, Carrie, HSN is coming to uh, Miami. You should try out. And I'm like, what? And I, I sat there for a minute because then I just I maximized the page again. And I said, I was just looking at this last night. That's so weird. And, okay, I have to send them an email. i got to do this. So I basically told HSN I was going to be the Rachel Ray of the kitchen, and they need to hire <laughs> me because, basically, I'm awesome, and you need me, and I wrote this great email. Uh-huh. And, um, <laughs> you know, they got back in touch with me right away. Wow. And um, they, you know, were coming to kind of just like a little warehousey area, I guess, that they do some auditions from time to time in Miami. And they spaced us all out by about 10 minutes. And you would go in and you would do your five-minute presentation, and, you know, and then the next person would be waiting. You know, so at any given time, there's only one other person waiting to go next. And 
And we probably don't have enough time to tell the specifics of that story, but it was a very interesting experience because the, the girl who came after me was trying to kind of ruin my audition. There were certain things she did that were very weird. Oh. And um, <laughs> oh I came with a soda stream. It was weird. I came with a soda stream, and that was because I was so comfortable with it, and I felt like it was a fun product to demonstrate. And so I did my five minutes. They actually cut me off because they're like, great, you did great. And the two people who were doing the audition came running up and they said, we've got to taste this. Does it taste like soda? And I knew the minute that they were so excited to come taste it. I said, oh, this is good. <laughs> I think that's good. <laughs> and, um, you know, they proceeded to tell us, you know, basically we're going to edit down your tape to like a minute and we'll present it to, you know, new vendors coming in. If anyone's interested in you, we'll let you know it could take a while. You know, so just you'll hear from us when we hear if anyone wants to use you. Okay. A week later, um, I got a phone call that said, can you come to St. Petersburg? Uh-huh. I just out of St. Pete, um, Florida. Can you come to St. Petersburg, bring the product that you did for the audition, and uh, you will demonstrate the product here in the studio? Absolutely. They did not pay for anything. I had to get myself there. So I flew uh-huh. in, stayed at the hotel, grabbed all my stuff, did the presentation again. This time they wanted to see if I could do it in the studio with the lights and the ear prompter and, you know, all of that. And I did. I was fine. And um, then they sent me home with a product. It was a mandolin. And they said, uh, you have two weeks to take this home and develop a demonstration. Uh, you'll work with our kitchen to tell them what you need on the table we're going to pay to bring you back. So they put me in a hotel and they flew me in. Now this time it was like, okay, I felt like it was enough to invest in me at this point. <laughs> um, and they brought me back two weeks later and I did the presentation with the mandolin and it was messy. I was like, I, I don't, I'm not good with mandolin. <laughs> so <laughs> it was food everywhere, but I never stopped talking. I just kept going. Or if it just looked horrible, I just kept going. And I still have that at DVD, which I oh, hold. wow very closely and hide it. Um, <laughs> it's in a safe it somewhere, where it maybe. Come from, truly. Um, and uh, I didn't hear from them for over two months. Uh-huh. Uh, they said, great, thank you. And then that was like they went dead silent. And, you know, I had told so many of my friends, I had told so many people that I was going into this because I was really excited. And I felt like coming back the second time, I'm like, oh, this is good. You know, they're going to mm-hmm. hire me and. I made the mistake of telling too many people, and you know, oh. since then I've learned that lesson, so I keep very quiet now when I'm auditioning for things. But um, you know, all my friends, Gary, how to go? How to go? How to go with HSN? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't. I, I didn't hear anything, and I thought, you know, I, you know, that was it. You know, and it's it's over. They're not going to call me. It was getting close to Easter. And I was working on one of my first films uh, called Quarter Lifer, and we we had had a rough morning because our area that we intended to film in, you know, we got kicked out of that area, (laughs) which is a whole other story, (laughs) but um, filmmaking. And we found another area to shoot in, so we said, okay, so we had to move all our extras and move everything, and I'm, I'm running around on the set, and... I look at my phone and my, like, my emails have blown up. Like, I've got all these emails from HSN, from the kitchen, from all these, you know, different people. Like, where's your demo plan for the insulated containers? And I'm like, what? So I don't know what's going on. So I call the woman who I auditioned for and I said, um, I- I'm getting all these emails from you guys and I-, I don't know why. And I explained it to her and she laughed and said, well, the good news is somebody wants to use you. 
She goes, the bad news is you're not trained yet, <laughs> so <laughs> you can't do it. She goes, but that means we're going to bring you in and train you. And that's mm-hmm. how I found out I got hired by HSN. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a great story. Oh, thanks for sharing that with us. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, to this day, if I tell that story, everyone's going to shake their head. And it was just kind of, it was a you know, little miscommunication. But sure. you know, I never officially had anyone say, we want you to come work with us. It was just kind of like, okay, you work with us now. And, um, and that's where I've been since. 2010. Ah, that's great. (laughs) And they hit the jackpot with you. I can say that. And your story, your story reminds me of the fact that, you know, there's often a lengthy process, a journey to achieve something that, you know, some form of greatness or something that you just enjoy. I mean, you just didn't walk in there and get, you know, and get it right away. Uh, There was a little bit more to this. And, you know, when you finally do get what you're after or or hope for, boy, it just makes it so much more rewarding when you say. Can you hear me, Carrie? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. And so basically what I was saying was, you know, when you when you finally land something you're after, I mean it's a wonderful personal feeling. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. You know, and I think I think that you know the 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 journey or the toil or the you know learning process is all part of it. I mean, ideally, we all would love to just be handed the things that we would love to, right. to achieve. But I, you know, it is the journey and the process that helps you appreciate when you do finally you know get to the place that you wanted. So now. I have to remind myself, I've been there so long now that, you know, not, not too, too long ago, they were hiring some more on-air guests. So they, they bring people in and, you know, there was people sitting out in our waiting room area um, that we frequent, uh, you know, so we walked through there a lot. And, you know, I went and I saw all these people sitting and they're basically sweating and you could see how nervous they are. They're sure. sitting there uncomfortable and, <laughs> you know, all that. And, and me and my other friend who, who works there, you know, I said, oh, my God, I said, look, I said, these guys, like, their dream right now is to be able to do what we've been doing for a living for how long, you know? And, and you do forget after sure. you have been doing something for a while because, you know, my, hus- my husband's in the business as well. He's a sound mixer. And so, you know, he's worked on some pretty awesome, you know, films and television shows. And, you know, it's been a journey for him as well. But, you know, he said to me last week, he's like, you know, I have to keep reminding myself, like, I- I've been working on these huge films. And yet, you know, we always internally have another goal or another, we want to keep going further or we want to keep, you know, as we grow, our goals grow. And um, sometimes you have to take those moments to assess where you're at now and just how far you have already come Mm -hmm. because it's easy to get caught up in what you're doing and forget. So seeing those people sitting there, you know, just hoping that someone can say, where's your demo plan for the insulated container? (laughs) They want to hear somebody say that. And, you know, I'm so, you know, used to it now. It's home for me. And, um, you know, I I do. I I do try to take those moments out to recognize the journey and, to you know, and even just these six years, the journey. I mean, it's been up and down there, you know, with different products and and what I've been doing at the network. So, um, yes. I think that um, anything good that you're trying to achieve, anything that's worth achieving is going to have a journey and it's going to have a process and just embrace that. You know, I guess that's what I could say to anyone listening. Yes. Well said. Very well said. And before I get to, um, you know, where you're from and start 
discussing your impressive acting career, uh, which includes the uh, series So Dark. I wanted to kind of bring up a subject that you and I uh, know quite a bit about, and um, uh-huh. I, I think it's important to, to bring up. Uh, for those that don't know, I'm broadcasting from my hometown city of Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, yes, I used to live in, in, in Los Angeles and trained out there as an actor, but I'm, I'm here in Cincinnati, Ohio. And the film industry has really been uh, uh, headed to the, the Queen City here, as it's called. Uh, the film production is booming here. And uh, John Travolta's in town uh, filming a movie. Uh, I mean, the, the list just goes on. Uh, Bruce Willis was here rec- recently in, in a film project. Um, and one of the reasons is because the city realizes that, you know, lower taxes and offering incentives is very appealing and has a lot of positive results. Uh, unfortunately, in Florida, there's a, a, a situation that's kind of alarming because, you know, shows there are now dealing with a difficult situation at the moment. In particular, that comes to mind is Bloodline because um, – now, there mm-hmm. is an outstanding show, and I wrote a review for Highlight Hollywood last year. I gave it four out of four stars, and I said it was the best new show of 2015, and season two was equally as impressive and outstanding. Now I'm hearing yeah. that they may not be able to do a season three in Florida, which as anybody that's seen the show, well, boy – the uh, locations is a part of the story. It's not going to be so easy to just move to another area. And this concerns me. And I, I know that you know something about this situation. I thought I'd hear what you'd have to say about it. Well, it has been confirmed that they are going to be filming season three in Florida. Um, so I, I have crew, friends of mine that are crew members. I have friends of mine that are actors on the show. Um, so, yes, they are. They did work it out. Um, well, good. You know, said the... Florida is part of the, the cast, you know, of that show. It's, yes. it's, it's, to try to recreate, you know, the keys is, is terribly difficult. It's very special down there. But, um, yeah, I mean, even for my own self, that has affected me directly. I am from South Florida, born and raised. I'm in Hollywood, Florida. And uh, up until only about two years ago, um, I lived full time in Florida. But when the incentives were killed, basically, uh, you know, we lost. It kind of was like a domino effect. We had a show that had already kind of run its term, which was off our notice. And um, that was in its final episodes at that point. Um, we also had the Glades. <clears throat> um, yes. You know, we had, uh, uh, I don't know why it's not coming to my brain right now, but we, we had a few other shows as well. And uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, was just starting Ballers um, for HBO. And... Um, Slowly but surely, Glades got canceled. Uh, it was another show that got canceled. Uh, that was such stopped. a good show. Uh, all of a sudden, we just went ba-boom, 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 and yes. everything. It was down to, like, one show filming right now, and in six months, the other, you know, show's going to film. And, you know, when you have crew and, and, and uh, actors and, and all kinds of people who live there, it becomes terribly difficult to make a living. You, you, you just, you're only hoping and praying for those projects that are going to come into town for a couple days because they need that Miami Art Deco look that you can't get anywhere else. So, you know, they'll come into town. Now, also in this last year, you know, Puerto Rico um, has opened up as a place to shoot. Um, And a few, I think, um, a series called uh, For Crackle um, actually just filmed in Puerto Rico. And, um, you know, part of that 
uh, Fast 8, Fast and Furious 8, uh, went to uh, Cuba and, um, you know, it's now been pushing out into even the islands because, you know, if they go to Puerto Rico, they can get some of that feel of what Miami would be by going to Puerto Rico. Um, it's just, it's been disastrous. Um, and, you know, I know that a lot of my friends and a lot of the people in the industry there have been fighting very hard to um, work with any type of legislation that they can to to get some incentives back. In the meantime, most everything has moved to Atlanta, Georgia, and including myself and my husband. Um, and so I've been kind of going back and forth between Atlanta, Georgia, and St. Petersburg, Florida, because of sure. HSN. Um, and, you know, Atlanta is, is booming. Oh, and yes. It's, 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 to look at that is, is, wow, like you see what it's doing for Atlanta and for Georgia as a whole, and you just don't understand why Florida doesn't see it. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. you're right, Atlanta is, it seems like everything I see anymore, uh, filmed in Georgia. And uh, I'm like, wow, this is just so impressive. Yes, it's been a huge, I mean, Georgia is open arms. I mean, they are, you know, if, if you're thinking about shooting anything, I mean, maybe it's been like that for you in Cincinnati as well. Um, you know, open arms, everyone's excited. They, you know, they're not angry to shut down streets. They're excited. People are coming out, you know, um, Tom Cruise shot a movie called Nina uh, last year that my husband was part of. And I went out to the set the one day and, there was people, they had like a line, uh, like a, you know, we had to stay back far enough from set, but they had a, you know, a line where people could actually watch if they wanted to as they were filming. And I'd say there was like 150 people out there just wow. all day, just, wow. you know, hanging out and, you know, they wanted to see what was going on. And I think that's great. I think that it was exciting for that town. Um, they got to experience having some big celebrities there and seeing what filmmaking was like. And, you know, that's how I've always looked at it, but not everyone does. And I think sure. that, um, you know, that affects it as well. So there's not always enough people uh, being excited about it to fight for it. Um, you know, I know a lot of my friends who are crew have left, you know, Florida because they can't get enough work. There's always mm. commercial work in Florida because that's then that just doesn't depend so much on incentives. They, they'll shoot there regardless. Um but, yeah, it has been a, a tumultuous time, you know, for the state. Um, and, and, you know, and that's caused people like myself to, to have to go where the work is. I see. Well, thank you for, you know, that description and, and, and providing all that information. And I'm so excited that Bloodline will be back for Season 3, especially how it yeah. ended in Season 2. <laughs> um, yeah. And Very I'll tell you. Good. If anyone out there has not watched it, I highly encourage you to if you have Netflix. And, um, you know, a lot of my friends have been uh, on the show. And I have auditioned for the show probably like 12 to 14 times. Wow. <laughs> so maybe we're getting close. Yes, but, yes. You, you, you would be sensational it. on that show. With, with your look, I could think of any number of characters you could play. So uh, if the casting department is listening, give Carrie a role. Okay, you won't regret it. <laughs> right, exactly, yes. I'll well, keep trying until they do. <laughs> I- I'll tell you what, Carrie, speaking about film production, uh, Gotti, of course, like I mentioned, was filming in town with John Travolta. And uh, down the street, you know, a couple blocks down, they were, blew up a car outside of uh, this local bar. And uh, so it, it, as if that wasn't good enough, well, goodness sakes, at the end of my street where the stop sign is, 
they filmed a scene just a few weeks ago, uh, overnight. Um, and, uh, I was like, wow, now that's film production is really booming in the Queen City. And, and it's great when all these different cities can, can have a lot of film production. So I hope that continues. Yeah, me too. Uh, and let's see, you mentioned you were from Hollywood, Florida. And, uh, let me ask you, how did your interest in, in, in becoming an actress, uh, first develop? You know, I I remember at like four years old telling my mother I wanted to be an actor, and um, she, I, I mean, I used to perform for the family all the time, like, you know, the Olympics, for example, since the Olympics are on right now, um, you know, I would pretend to do gymnastics, you know, I would do a cartwheel and think I was doing all these long, you know, uh, gymnastics tumbling routines, and I would do the finish, you know, exactly how they would. And, um, you know, I would just form in front of my dad and my mom and whoever was sitting on the couch. You know, that was like my stage. And my dad put me into um, like a theater program at uh, Broward Community College, um, which, you know, had a young adult, a kid's uh, theater group. And I did an entire semester of that and I was I was put in the lead of that play and um it was in it, it, it got going basically so that kind of sealed the deal that this is what I wanted to do so I am one of those people who knew I wanted to be an actor when I was like four or five years old and my mom you know signed me with an agency that she thought was reputable and they insisted you know you have to get your photos from us and we did and you know come to find out later those were not industry standard photos mm-hmm. and um you know, uh, she spent like back then like $600 on these pictures and, um, wow. which was astronomical for that time. Sure. Um, and you know, after my mother kind of literally got ripped off a little bit, uh, you know, she was a little scared, you know, she, she didn't know this industry and, 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 you know, once you kind of have that experience, you kind of go, I don't know if I want to continue with this, you know? And so, I threw myself into school activities. So, you know, I was always in cheerleading and um, dance and, um, you know, I did, like I said, I did class office and all those things. So anyway, you know, theater in school, um, anything that I could perform or, or hone my craft in that way I did. Um, when I graduated, I started off on my own. So around 18, I started to go on to sets um, back in Florida there was a USA show called Sins of the City that was filming, and um, I went and just became an extra on that. Um, one of the first commercials that I auditioned for was a Motorola cell phone commercial, and I got oh, cast wow. in that. There was only two female roles, and there was tons of girls that auditioned, <laughs> and I got chosen. So I All felt right. very, very special. Like I just, I couldn't believe it. Actually, when my agent called, I'm like, "What?" Because you know there was it was a spring break scene. All these girls in their bikinis and uh-huh. not big on, you know, I'm not the model girl, you know. Um, so all these girls that are beautiful, like, were, you know, in their bikinis. And I thought, yeah, okay, whatever. And, you know, I kind of threw it away thinking I'm just going to have fun here and, you know, get out of here. And, you know, when I got the call from my agent, she's like, you booked it. I said, what? and i did like are you kidding and so that made me sag eligible which sag is the screen actors guild and i didn't know then that that was really hard to do in florida um you know you had to get three 
uh, you had to get cast as a lead in something or get three extra roles that were featured. There was, there was very specific ways that you could be uh, approved to be in Screen X Guild, and literally one of my first attempts got me got me in. So um, I realized that later, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I was start getting going and I was getting started and then um, I met my husband and funny enough, this now telling this story makes it even funnier, but, you know, he was very adamant that he says, I do not want to marry an actress. Like, and he, <laughs> he was, yeah. He, that didn't turn out too well, did it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he, he, he was not in the industry at the time either. Um, so, you know, it was really okay. And that's where I kind of threw myself into business and I kind of just started doing sales work. And um, so for our first so many years of marriage, you know, I didn't do anything with acting. And But every day people would say, Carrie, you should be in commercials. And, you know, you should be an actor. <laughs> and I go, yeah, I know. And, you know, I just keep going. And when I, you know, then to connect the story, when my company, you know, closed their doors, that was my opportunity. And I went back to my husband and I said, then here's the thing, um, you married an actress. <laughs> <laughs> Whether you want it or not, like I need to, you know, look into this again because if I don't, I think I'll regret it, and I, I need to just kind of see if it goes somewhere. And he kind of gave me a timeline, you know, and said, you know, we'll give it a year and see what you're able to do. And within that year, I was at HSN, so that kind of paved the way for me to continue. Um, and I think that's a fair, think- fair plan. Give yourself a year, <laughs> see how things go. Yeah, and just kind of, see, you know, acting in in and of itself is not a uh, a very financially conducive uh, career choice, uh, unless you are uh, a very well-known actor. Um, it, it can be once you kind of get going, if you sure. can get in the union and you can start getting union jobs pretty regularly, you know, you get residuals and you get all those sort of things. But at the beginning, it's it's very hard. It's very hard. Um, so I'm very uh, lucky and, and blessed and whatever you want to call it for being able to get something like HSN that has enabled me to continue going after the acting world. So. Well, I'll tell you what, um, uh, like you said, it's, it's not always, um, you know, uh, there's not money pouring in, in most cases, there's always those, uh, crazy exceptions, but in most, in most cases, you really have to work your way up the ladder. And, um, you know, one of the exciting things about acting is one week you could be not working and the next week you could have a, just an outstanding opportunity. And an outstanding yes. job. Yes. And it's pretty it's crazy, crazy that way. Yeah. I, 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 you I, never I tell, know. You never know. And now with my husband in the industry, it's the both of us never knowing what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. I, I so tell it's people like, it's not like other businesses. It's, it's, it's got its own mindset for sure. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you, you kind of just go with it. And, and I, the, the part I love about that, though, is you never know where you're going to end up and you never know where life is going to bring you and where the job is going to bring you. And I've had the fortunate uh, experience to be able to be in other countries. I went to Brazil, you know, to, to wow. shoot. I've, I've gone on cruise ships. I've gone to, um, you know, other states. Uh, the one movie I did, I, I was brought to Pennsylvania and areas I had never seen before. And I think part of the experience that's pretty awesome to me is not only are you working on a project, 
but, you know, you get to meet some amazing people and you get to experience areas and places that you've never been before. And and that's what excites me. You know, I've never been the sit at the desk person. <laughs> I, I hear you. So. <laughs> well, um, boy, I'll tell you, Carrie, the time is flying by here. So I, I want to discuss So Dark, but I do want to ask you, I noticed on your resume, I, I saw Dolphin Tail. Yeah, that, you know, that was a cool experience and I'll, I'll keep it short, but you know, I, I went as an extra, you know, it was one of the last few times that I did extra work. Um, we were on set and I was standing right next to a gentleman who, this was his first day ever on the set. Uh-huh. I was trying to help him, like, here's what you do. The director's going to say this and, you know, I'm telling him everything and the, I, I kind of caught a glimpse of the director in the first AD, the first assistant director talking and they said, well, we need somebody, you know, to come up and into their lead actor in that scene. We need somebody to come up to him and, you know, uh, and we get him away because he was in a wheelchair and I was a nurse. I was dressed as a nurse for this veterans clinic. And they looked right at me. It was one of those moments where you just kind of catch eyes (laughs) (laughs) and they go, her, bring her over here. And I said, what? And the next thing I knew, you know, I was upgraded. Um, so they wow. actually put me in the scene with the lead actor and Morgan Freeman and, you know, wow. the, the little girl. They were, you know, they, and they were there. Great. And, um, and so I kind of took their lead actor off, off the, so I had no lines, but I <laughs> was, um, you know, it was a nice moment, uh, that I got there. Well, that, that's great. Great story. Um, well, we better talk about So Dark. I had actually planned to talk about this earlier. But, wow, I'm just enjoying hearing about all your stories. So why don't you go ahead and describe So Dark to people out there that may have not have heard of this show? Awesome. Yes. Well, um, you know, currently we're on Amazon. So if you have Amazon, you can go on to Amazon Video and plug in So Dark the Series. Uh, basically, the series uh, started off as a short film that did so well for us in the festivals. Uh, that we wrote a second short film to kind of follow up. And then that got such a response that we thought, maybe we have something here. And we decided (laughs) to put together an entire series. Um, So Dark follows the character of Sean, who is a 200-year-old vampire. Um, It is not the antithesis of Twilight or any of those very sparkly, vampire-y, like, oh, they're so cute, like, kind of (laughs) stuff. Um, We really went back to to a real vampire story that had... Uh, conscience, um, he actually doesn't just kill to eat, he kills those who deserve it. Um, so it's a very interesting premise. It's, it is dark in, in the essence of how it's shot. We do try to keep some brevity to it with, you know, a little humor. We have our uh, other lead character, Todd Bruno, plays our detective, Detective Russo. I play Agent Wilburn, who is, uh, you know, uh, uh, as a play on words, an out for blood uh, FBI yes. detective. Uh, who uh, kind of does these very strange um, experiments on on these vampires, and you find out in the second episode kind of uh, a little bit more about her and and, and what she's all uh, w- w- you know she gets introduced. Um, and Sean, you know, is played by Jeremy Calco, who is uh, currently a recurring character on The Walking Dead. Um, he's also been on Bloodline, funny enough. Wow. We were talking about that. Yes. Um, and so he is, he's doing amazing. He's a very good friend of mine, I, you know, and he's a great actor. And so I think our cast that we have currently is pretty awesome. Is the season progresses, which we are currently in pre-production on episodes three and four. Wow. Uh, which should be shot in November. And then we'll be coming out uh, with hopefully an episode, or those episodes by January. 
Um, but Amazon happened because, you know, we needed a platform and we needed a place to uh, kind of let our fans be able to know they could find us there. Um, and with the growth of Amazon, you know, with uh, picking up content, uh, we had to apply, 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 and it was a very lengthy process, but they did accept us. And we are so excited to say that, you know, in June, we were picked as one of the top 100 on Amazon Video, which wow. if you know how much content is on Amazon, that sure. was huge. Yes. Um, you know, Congratulations. Yeah, you know, and so that was, that was amazing for us. Um, and that's what put us into pre-production because we were fundraising, really. You know, it takes a lot of money to, to make something like a series. And, um, you know, that was what we needed to kind of put us over the edge. So, yes, yeah, so please check it out on Amazon.com. And um, we also have our webpage, which is www.sodark.net, um, which is where you can keep up with us there. We are on all social media, so Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter. So you can go so dark um, and you'll, it will pop up. Um, but please keep you know track of us because there's a lot happening right now. I yes. am a producer on that as well as an actress. That's great. Well, Carrie, I want to thank you for joining me and, and the listeners uh, tonight on Hollywood and Beyond. It was 10 times better than I thought it was going to be, and that's saying a lot <laughs> because I thought it was going to be extra awesome, and, and it was and even more. Um, thanks for sharing your life journeys. And, uh, I, I, I am inspired by what I heard and, and, and your stories. And I'm sure the listeners out there as well really enjoyed it. Please come back. I hope you will, because, um, I would really, really like that. I would love to. Anytime, Stephen, you just let me know. All right. Well, you take care, Carrie, and, um, uh, hopefully I'll be uh, talking with you soon. Okay, great. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone who tuned in tonight. All right. You take care. Bye-bye. Hi, friends and listeners. This is host Stephen Brittingham. Do you happen to have a question or a comment for me? Or perhaps you feel that you might make an interesting guest here on Hollywood and Beyond. Whatever your reason may be, please feel free to contact me anytime directly at the show's official email address. That would be Hollywood and Beyond Show at gmail.com. That is Hollywood and Beyond Show at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you soon.